Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. All right. Welcome back, everybody. We made it to the weekend. You guys did it. Uh, I have a lot to go over today. So I want to go over uh, the, the weekly performance of the portfolio. Um, I want to go over why I do not buy video game stocks despite it being a growing and flourishing industry and me having a passion for gaming. Um, and I also want to go over uh, last video. If you missed that, it was a lot of um, quantitative stuff, the quantitative side of investing. A lot of things that robots can do where you look at the numbers, you look at graphs, you decide based off of company's valuations on technical aspects. This episode, I wanted to go over the qualitative approach of investing. And I actually think that that is more important than the quantitative. So if you missed the last one, watch that one first. But if you want to hear the qualitative approach, that's what I'm going to go over today. And at the end of this, I wanted to browse a few topics that I read this week in the news. So I'll you can get my reaction to that as well. Um, the first thing, before we really get into it, I wanted to go and... Well, let me show you guys. Let me get that out of the way. This channel had like 70... Uh, over 70 subscribers in just the past week. So pretty incredible growth there. So I appreciate you guys that are going out and spreading it and telling your friends and family about it. Um, getting people into investing is a is a great thing. I've, when I got into it and I told my family about it, um, I had members of my family that weren't doing any investing, had no real long-term uh, retirement, and they got into it. And it has benefited them because now they have a plan and something going. So if you know people, you know, don't make it a taboo topic. Tell people about it and get them excited about investing. It's a, it's a, it can be a really fun thing. So uh, I appreciate everybody that's sharing it and the, the growth of this channel is awesome. So to the 70 people that did subscribe, welcome aboard. Um, I, if you don't know what the channel is about, this is a dividend growth investing strategy that I'm updating you on every single week. So you can see it played out live. You'll be able to see the ups and downs of the market, how this how this portfolio performs in it. Every single holding is broken up into sectors. And this is a, a special platform called M1 Finance. If you are not able to use this, if you're a foreigner, if you're in Canada or Europe, you don't have access to this. That doesn't matter. You can still follow this strategy. The dividend growth investing strategy is not reliant on M1 Finance. I just chose this platform because... It, it fits pretty well with it and it doesn't charge fees. So that's the big reason why. You can do this on any broker, virtually any of them. You could do this on Robinhood. You could do this on European brokers. Any that you can buy stocks, you can do this. So um, with some of them, you'll just need to buy whole shares rather than partial. But really, every single holding in this portfolio pays a dividend. The only ones that don't pay dividends are bond ETFs that pay interest, which are very similar to dividends, right? And you go down, This it looks like a, a mess of them when I go down a big linear list like this. But if you actually look at them broken up by sector, it's not too hard to, to keep organized and look at them. Um, the purpose of this portfolio, as opposed to growth, is you look at the dividend payout growth. You don't look at the growth of the market gains. You kind of ignore this number. And more, you look at how much money you're making in dividends and if that's going up week by week or month by month. So let me go over to this and 
Let me center it for you. This is a chart that's key to this strategy. Month over month, how much money am I making dividends and is that trending upwards? If you look at this graph, this is from January of of 2018 is when I started. If you invest in dividend stocks, you don't, you shouldn't expect, if you just start, you shouldn't expect to see your first dividend payout until about two to three months after you buy the first stock. Because of the time you buy, the time you go through the ex-dividend date, and by the time it's paid out, two to three months have passed. And that's what happened here, January, 2018 and February, I didn't get anything. They started rolling in March. Now this just goes month by month and you can see the numbers here. It spiked with $92, last month it went down to 25. If I go like this and I throw a trend line on this, let's do this real quick, and a trend line. You can imagine what it is. That is the trajectory. That's what we want to see. Um, investing, it's not going to be a perfectly linear chart going up. It's going to be an overall a trend is what you want to see, right? It's like if you're doing weight loss or whatever, you, it's not going to be this a perfect linear chart. It's just going to be something you're looking at the trend. Um, now we can look at this on a bigger timeline where all this one is, and this is just uh, Google spreadsheets. You can make these charts really easy in Google spreadsheets. This one's month to month. This one's uh, quarterly, which is every three months. So this is January, February, March, and so on and so on. Those numbers added up. So January, February, March was nine bucks. And this one right here is $8.76. So the $9 there. And this shows uh, you know, a good outline as well. And I'm going to be tracking this, and that is the purpose of this portfolio, is to get your cash flow up month over month over month to get those dividends growing. Now, if I go over and I look at the performance of this portfolio, let's go to one week and get this to load. Alrighty. Earn dividends $38 in one week. That's one week since uh, February 14th, so seven market days. Now, if I go back to the month, now check this out. $101.39 in one month period. That's pretty incredible to be able to earn that much money in passive income. And what happens with that money, that $101, is you want it to go right, circle it right back into your portfolio. So if I look at um, look at the past few days, three days ago, I had one trade. I can look at this. The dividends I was paid three days ago, Realty Income Court paid seven bucks, and then Avi and Apple, and then another REIT paid four bucks. Added up to 15, and then that $15 purchased $15 worth of a fractional share of Duke Energy. So that's what's happened. That's the life cycle of this portfolio. You have money paid out for some companies in your portfolio. That money gets redirected and buys other companies in your portfolio, and so on and so forth, creating a compounding nature that builds wealth. That's what you want to see over time. This right here is from uh, this is from a deposit. So. I just got paid and then I just have it set to automatically put 250 bucks for my paycheck and then that buys whatever it buys. So um, the algorithm decides what to buy based on my allocation. But again, you can do this with whatever portfolio. You just might have to do a few more, a few things manually, which isn't, which isn't bad. But this is a dividend growth portfolio. Um, I'm going to be showing you week by week what happens with it. And the purpose of it, again, is to grow the dividends month over month and to have the, the dividend payouts themselves grow. So you're not just getting paid more by buying shares, you're getting paid more because companies are paying you more year over year. So let me give you an example of that. Let's go open some, let's go open some mail together. Here we are, and I left these ones unopened. So I could show you, this is, this is since February 19th. So this, this is since the last video I posted. I didn't open any of these. So let's just go through them and, and check out a few of these. 10% increase. Waste management. That's a 10% raise. 
uh, 20% increase. Texas Roadhouse, the restaurant just gave me a 20% increase. Inflation's like 2.5%. 20% increase crushes it. It's 10 times the amount of inflation. Let's go Coca-Cola. Coca-Cola has been around for a while. So yeah, 2.6% increase. This one actually made big news. This pretty much keeps up with inflation. But still, it's keeping up with inflation, unlike other securities that just stay the same. And then, no, I don't, I don't think all of these should be raises, right? So AbbVie uh, announced in line with previous. So this isn't when they typically do their raise. And the last one, apartments. Preferred apartments. Oops, clicked on the wrong thing. All right, in line with previous. So none of them lowered, none of them uh, uh, went down, and like four out of the six there raised. So this is a way that you guys can literally get raises just by owning a security. You don't have to work for it in your job. You just own these stocks, and they should give you raises like they've done for the past 20 or 30 years, every single year, year over year. That's what dividend growth is. Um, so I'm excited to go through this with you guys. And again, um, I think uh, we're all kind of doing this together. I know that everybody that's doing this are, are pretty much trying to build up your own portfolios and to get uh, ideas and inspiration and motivation. So I, I feel like I'm in this with you guys. Um, I think that there's a lot of benefits to investing. Uh, when you invest, you're, you're creating a passive stream of income. You're creating financial security for your future, stability in your life. Uh, you have a lot less stress in general. I came across a, uh, a news article just on CNBC, and I thought it was uh, perfect for this. It says the number one cause of stress is dot, 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 money. Let me just read, this is a CNBC article, I can link it for you guys, but let me just read one part of this. It says, money is America's top worry, ranking higher than health, family, and work, according to BlackRock's annual Global Investor Pulse survey. So they did a survey and found that money is the top leader of stress in our country, which is pretty remarkable. It beats out family and relationships and work every and health. and every. So money is the top top thing that stresses people out. When you build up an investment portfolio, when you know that you ha- you're going to have security and stability and that you're going to be able to deal with financial stresses, what you're doing is not just financial. You're, you're increasing your lifestyle and you're reducing anxieties and you're doing that immediately in your life. So when people know that they're going to have a retirement, that they're going to be able to handle things that come up, you're going to have immediate benefits to your health at the same time. So... Uh, again, try to share this and get people to do it because it's it helps you out in more than one way. Transitioning to a different topic now, um, I know that the thumbnail said that I don't buy video game stocks, and at least I don't yet. One that was just recently released that I've been playing for the last week with some buddies is a video game called Apex Legends, and it's made by EA Games, and it's it's a really beautiful game. Let me play just some of the trailer of this game that the studio put out. I'm a living legend. You ain't heard yet. You not get the so this is showing off the world of the game. It's kind of like Fortnite where you jump into this big world, right? So there they are parachuting in. Ready up. Good luck, brothers. Okay. So this game is super fun to play. I've been playing it with some friends, and it's like a, a mix between Fortnite, except there's none of that 
There's none of that going and chopping trees and doing that. In Fortnite, if you're not familiar with that game, I don't know where you've been, but that is the the game that even gamers know about because it's so unbelievably popular. Now, this game came out of the woodworks, out of nowhere. They did no marketing budget for it. They had uh, zero trailers or anything for it before its release. It came like a thief in the night. I mean, they just dropped it like an album out of nowhere, and it exploded. On Twitch, Twitch, uh, which is a game streaming website, it had over 600,000 concurrent viewers at one time. So I have over half a million uh, players viewing the game at one point in time. The game itself, let's look at this article. This is from The Verge. 25 million players after one week. That is way faster than the growth of Fortnite, which is the phenomenon that people said is the biggest game in the world and the growth surpassed any other game. And this game just came out of nowhere, and now it's growing faster than Fortnite is. And you can actually see that that trend happen, um, which brings me to my point and the reason that I bring up gaming. Now, when I look at companies that I'm looking to invest in, I look at not only the uh, quantitative stuff that I went over last time, but the qualitative stuff is, is I think, more important. And the reason I bring up this, this game and these gaming companies is because they lack what I believe is the most important qualitative aspect you can look at in a company, and that is the moat. If you've not heard the term moat, you need to go study in investing. It's the single most important part of a qualitative research. So we can look at examples of really what a moat is. Uh, Warren Buffett talks about it a lot, and he gives castles as an example of a moat. You look at these castles, what are they surrounded by? This lake of water, and it doesn't need to be water. They have some that are big, empty dirt ditches, but pretty much a moat is this vast area around a castle, which the castle is your business, and a moat is the area preventing intruders from getting in. Um, How are you supposed to siege this castle and bring up battering rams when it's surrounded by water? You'd have to trudge through water to get to this castle. That is what you want with the business you invest in. You want it to have durability. You want it to be able to withstand the competition. And you certainly don't want competition to be able to sneak up in the night, release a game overnight, and then within one week have 25 million players. How difficult is that to be a gaming company? And you might be on top of the world with the biggest game in the world. And then in one week, somebody can take all the uh, all the steam, all the wind out of your sails. That is not a good moat, in my opinion. And I think gaming companies do not have a moat at all. There's some that have uh, franchises and that type of thing, but I think that's really flimsy. There's always a, a company that can come out with a better game, and gaming trends, they shift and change all the time. Not many games have stayed on the top for a very long time. Um, compare that to Coca-Cola. So if you look at Coca-Cola, let's bring up, let's bring up Coca-Cola. If you compare that to this company, do you know how big of a moat Coca-Cola has? The durability of the company. They do things that gaming companies can't do. They have exclusive contracts with tons of different restaurant trains to exclusively offer their type of, uh, their type of drink and nobody else's. So no other drink company can even sell their product in lots of grow in lots of uh, restaurants. They have like entire theaters that exclusively sell Coca-Cola and they do things that make it so that nobody else can even enter into the industry. The only other one is Pepsi. And there's been, I mean, there's just a pile of dead companies, carcasses that have tried to compete with Coke that have never been able to do it. 
with gaming companies, I don't feel that there's any such durability. I don't think that there's as much, if they have a, a AAA dev team, they can release a game and they can make it trendy and they can take a huge swath of the audience. So there's multiple reasons I don't invest in gaming companies. I, I don't believe that they have a good moat. Um, the industry is fractured between lots of different companies, some of which are private. And you never know when the private company is going to create the biggest game, just like Fortnite. That is owned by a private company that created the biggest game. So you never know when that's going to happen. Trends of gaming are constantly changing. Any AAA development team can create a great game and steal your thunder overnight without any warning to you. Um, and that pretty much summarizes it. Really, the reason I do not invest in gaming companies, the biggest one, is they have no moat. So that's the single biggest reason you got to look for in other companies uh, qualitatively. And I'll be giving you other examples of that, but something to something to look at there and consider when you're looking at companies to invest. Ask yourself, does this company have a great moat? Does it have a resistance towards market competitors? Or is it like gaming companies where they you never know what's going to happen with them? You never know what, what company overnight is going to come in with a game that just stills all the thunder. All right, so moving on from that, I wanted to go over a few things, a few topics that I came across and a few uh, news items that I read. So let's go over to those now. Let's go to this one first. This is a, a thread on Reddit investing, and the title is Pullback Seems Nair. And he says, I can't be the only one that sees a pullback being very likely in the coming weeks. We've had nonstop growth since January. This can't continue forever. So my reaction to these type of predictions is that he cannot possibly predict a pullback in the coming weeks. That's way too granular of a prediction. He doesn't know of any specific catalyst for it. Um, but at the same time, I think it's important to look at where we currently are. Um, and we're on a 10-year bull run. And that does make me believe that the prudent thing to do financially is to put our portfolios more on the conservative side. Because there's a little bit more, uh, there's more room for downside than there is for upside. So even though the market, we can't predict the future, we can look at the current, the current indicators and we can gauge our risk tolerance based off of that. Me personally, I think that uh, the average bull run is eight years. We're in a 10-year bull run. And that to me speaks that we should try to move forward with, with caution, not get out of the market and move all the cash, but gauge things with a little bit of caution, a little bit of conservativeness. I think that that's the prudent thing to do. Moving on, let's go to another one. How do you live off stocks while keeping your original investment? Now, this one, obviously, to dividend investors, this one's pretty obvious. Um, the, the top response in this says something like, uh, why do you need to do that? You just need to, uh, you just need to outlive your money. So pretty much he's saying you just need to make enough money that you can withdraw from your portfolio and hopefully you die before you run out of money, Right. Um, I don't agree with that strategy. The reason that I do dividends is I don't think that you should build up all of these assets your whole life, all the stake and ownership in your company or in these, all these different companies, and then just spend it all the last 20 years of your life and have nothing to pass down to your children. I think if you're going to spend the time to build up all of this wealth and ownership in the production of these companies, that you should try to keep your investments. That should be something that you should keep and live off the yield of those investments, whatever they may be. So if you own rental income properties, you don't want to wait till you retire and then just sell them and live off the money from them. You want to live off the rent. You want them to be paid off and then the money that you get earn on rent, you want to live off of that. 
That's the same thing I want to do with dividend investing is hopefully get to a point where dividends cover, you know, 80% of my expenses. And then I have a paid off mortgage. I paid off cars and I have some social security or whatever. And that's enough to make it so that I can, I can live while maintaining my initial stake or my actual, uh, original investment. So I don't want to have to be selling companies to afford my life. Um, moving on. Kraft Heinz misses earnings, slashes dividends, and discloses SEC investigation down almost 20%. Now, Kraft Heinz is a big dividend company. Um, I don't have it in my portfolio. It's a company that Warren Buffett has a, a huge stake in. Uh, I didn't I didn't invest in this because it, it was totally... Um, qualitative reasons i just the products that they make i think are just the kind of junk box food type of things and ketchup um and i see a popular trend of people willing to spend a lot more on on natural foods and they're moving away from kind of uh, box foods i don't think the craft Heinz is a as a bad investment but uh, i i feel like i got kind of lucky with this one because i've never bought them um and now i actually read uh, since this was posted, I actually uh, looked it up to see their stock. Their stock has dropped 20%. And then they also announced Thursday afternoon, which I'm recording this late Thursday night, they announced that they're slashing their dividend more than a third. So if I had a stake in this company, I would sell it. I would take the 20% loss tomorrow morning and I would sell out of it. And I would put the remainder into a, a different company, one that is not a boxed foods company that I believe is is struggling and is going to have continued struggle. So I know it's not fun to sell at a loss, but that's why I own a lot of companies because I wouldn't have a gigantic stake in one of them. So if that were me, I would sell it. I would put it into a stronger company that has a brighter future, but that's my take. I hope that this is fun. It's a little bit different to do this. It's more of like a kind of a video podcast feel. Um, I just wanted to go through some news items. I Hope you guys have a week, a good weekend. And remember, if you like the channel, please subscribe to it and share it with other people so that it can continue to grow. And I appreciate all of you. You guys have a good one. See ya.